Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 402. Royal Caribbean may have canceled most of its June 2021 cruises, but there are still ships that will be sailing this summer. And this week, I have a look at planning a summer 2021 cruise. Here we go. You know, after Royal Caribbean announces June cruises, usually when I get the announcement, I start writing the blog post, even though I know it's probably coming anyway, it's a little depressing. It's not a little depressing. It's actually very depressing to have to say, ugh, another month without cruises, right? Especially after this longer than a year shutdown of the entire industry, you know, it, it's really a bitter pill to swallow every single time. But this time, it wasn't quite so bad because I have a cruise booked on Adventure of the Seas in June. I think a lot of people are considering going on a cruise this summer, whether it's Adventure of the Seas out of the Bahamas or Vision of the Seas out of Bermuda, Jewel of the Seas out of Cyprus. Uh, perhaps our British friends over in the UK are considering a cruise out of England on Anthem of the Seas. Or maybe if you live in Singapore, you've, of course, had the option for quite a while now to go on Quantum of the Seas out of Singapore. But you have choices there. And, and of course, Odyssey of the Seas out of Israel for all of you keeping score at home. So there's, there's choices this summer. This is something different than last summer, last fall, and last winter. So going forward, if you have a cruise booked or you're thinking about booking a cruise for this summer, I kind of wanted to talk about kind of a, on a high level what to expect, what to think about, and what considerations you should have out there. Now, chief among them, and this is true for every single cruise ship except for Quantum of the Seas out of Singapore, and that is there is a barrier to going on a cruise right now, and that is you have to have a COVID-19 vaccine. For the ships I just mentioned, that is going to be the requirement for adults sailing on there. So basically, if you haven't gotten the vaccine yet, you're playing a time game, right? Where you've got to ensure that if you were to go on the cruise or you were interested in going on the cruise, you need to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Now here in the US, that option is opening up every week. It's getting better and better in terms of the availability. A lot of states have opened it up to pretty much all adults of all ages. It's not quite every state yet, but a number of them have. So uh, you just have to make sure that whatever cruise you're interested in booking, you are very cognizant of how long it takes to get fully vaccinated. And in the case of all the vaccines, you need to provide also some extra time after your final shot, or in the case of the Johnson & Johnson one, the only shot, you have to provide extra time to ensure that it, it takes full effect, which is usually about two weeks. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind. That's the true, like, barrier, the, the one thing you can't get around, because everything else is really up to you in terms of what choices you want to make or, or not make or decide on. But something to keep in mind. So, you know, if you've got a cruise, you say, well, listen, Matt, the only time I can really go on a vacation would be in, let's say, June, and you're not vaccinated yet, the 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 timer is running out on that you having the opportunity to do that. Whereas if you're looking for perhaps later in the summer, you know, there, there's some options there. And certainly timing is an interesting consideration as well. Because with Royal Caribbean, you've got a couple different choices. You know, here in North America with Vision and adventure. You're talking about cruises in primarily June and July and into August. There might be like one or two September sailings as well there. I believe Jewel has a longer season, and I know that Odyssey has a much longer season going into well into the fall there. So you have a little more choices there, but in terms of timing, you know, when should you go? Now, on the one hand, you've got the the Matt thought. And the Matt thought is it's been a year. I want to go on a cruise. So I not naturally I booked the first available sailing I could get on, which of course is the first sailing adventure of the seas. Now listen, I, I say this because obviously I do run a blog about cruising. It's literally my job to cover it. 
But I honestly think, and it's hard to put yourself in a different situation, but I think even if I wasn't running Royal Caribbean blog, I would be so eager to be able to go on a cruise, I might still strongly rely on going on an early sailing. And there's a lot of other people who I think agree with that thought process of, listen, it's been a long time. I just want to get back on a ship as soon as possible. And going on these first sailings, whether it is Adventure or Vision or Jewel or whatever, you've got obviously... Uh, the opportunity to book one of these early sailings. And surprisingly to me, in fact, they have not sold out yet. Uh, I'm not sure that, what's that indicative of. I think there are a lot of people who perhaps are hesitant to fly or hesitant to spend extra money on flying. You know, we cruise fans are a, uh, we're not a stubborn bunch. We are a, we're entrenched in our traditions, in our ways. And if you're used to driving to the port, I think it's a, it's a bit of a leap for some people to have to book airfare for that for me i and i've lived in so many different states here in the u.s i mean yeah i'm used to both and at the end of the day my desire to go on a cruise supersedes my desire to not pay for airfare because i live in the state of florida but you know that's that's a whole other discussion for another day but going back to what i was trying to say here when you're talking about these early sailings yes you're going to essentially be saying i'm going to be on one of the first sailings back it's a good feeling allows you to get back on there quicker sooner it's not instant gratification but it is not as delayed gratification right but there is a bit of a downside in picking a June sailing, I think, and that is, let's face it, it's going to be a bit of a learning process. There are going to be hiccups involved. These these are ships sailing under new protocols from a brand new home port in, in all these cases. It's not going to be like clockwork, right? This is not going out of Fort Lauderdale or Miami or Port Canaveral or Bayonne, New Jersey, where they've been operating cruise ships for years and it doesn't really matter which ship comes in there. It's a well-oiled machine. They're going to do a good job. I really do have faith that they're going to obviously know what they're doing. But are there going to be hiccups? Yes, I, I fully anticipate that. Are there going to be a situation where we might be standing outside in Nassau, in the heat, under a tent? That's very much a possibility as well. So there's a little bit of a risk in that if you're ki the kind of person who does not want to, to encounter that kind of a situation, perhaps then a early cruise is not for you. And that's the advantage of going on a later a cruise later in the season. Because if you book a cruise in July or August for that matter, not only is Royal Caribbean going to have really everything under its belt, by that point they really should have no no excuse for not having, you know, the uh, every, everything kind of in line, but on top of that, you've also got the collective knowledge of not just myself but a lot of other people who have cruised already, they've experienced it. You're going to be able to stand on the shoulders of giants, so to speak, and be able to know the best practices and what not to do, essentially, because everyone else is going to figure it out for you. And by the time you go, if you're paying attention to what's going on there, you should really have no issues at all, which is really nice. That really does make it a whole lot easier. And there's something to be said about that. So you've got to kind of balance that in terms of time. And of course, you know, if you're adhering to the school calendar or not, or your work schedule, sometimes the decision of when to cruise is sometimes out of your hands to some extent, or at least it's more limiting, but something to keep in mind there. I think also number number two and also important is that you really should expect changes. I, I think that what we know today versus what we know uh, in May versus what we know in June, it's all going to change. And I think that anybody considering a cruise, whether any of these sailings this summer needs to understand there are going to be changes, big, small, who knows, but there are going to be changes. Now, Royal Caribbean has said, by the way, they're going to deliver most of the new protocols and rules 30 days before we set sail. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'm get. I'm expecting it exactly 30 days. I think it's going to be a little bit of a window there. And even then, I think it's going to change beyond that. You know, Royal Caribbean has been tiptoeing around 
the idea of requiring vaccines and whether or not they'll require it or not. And, you know, it, it's interesting when Royal Caribbean announced Adventure of the Seas and even Vision of the Seas, you know, they said, okay, these sailings are going to be in the summer. They're going to require all adults to have the vaccine. And then when they announced other ships like Anthem and Jewel, they said they're going to require it, but that may change because, of course, so much is changing right now. So what I'm trying to tell you is I, I think there's going to be a lot of changes in terms of these protocols and the rules. And it's not number one. Obviously, if you're going to book one of these cruises, you should be very well aware of what these rules are. Number two, yes, you've got to agree to all of them. You know, these are the rules. If you don't like it, you can wait for cruises to resume uh, elsewhere with perhaps less stringent rules as things change. But in the meantime, expect changes. I think that's uh, you got to be flexible. It's one of the tenets I've always said about uh, being a good cruiser is forget COVID for a second. I've always thought that, you know, being flexible on a cruise ship, you know, not letting the little things bother you, not letting, you know, anything really just get under your skin to the point where, you know, you start losing your mind and yelling at crew members and just kind of sulking, if you will. I understand. I've been frustrated with things on board a ship. I'm not saying that I just say, you know, thank you, sir. I might have another is necessarily the right uh, approach to it, but you also got to let something slide off your back. And in the case of changes, there are going to be a lot of changes, I think especially as we move through even the summer season. So something to keep in mind over there. Now, of course, being a cruise that goes out of the United States, you know, these are all sailings that are sailing outside the U.S. You're going to need a passport. Most people probably have a passport, at least I think most people listening to this podcast do, because, of course, it's one of the things I've always recommended getting. I, I just think that while you can cruise without a passport from the U.S. on a closed-loop sailing, it's just not worth it. I, I think it's just spend the extra money for a passport. But make sure your passport is up to date. Uh, when when Royal Caribbean announced that they were going to restart sailings, we realized that one of my daughter's passport was still valid today, but was not going to be valid later. So this is a good opportunity to get it um, taken care of. And in the case of passports, we got expedited service. In one of the, we actually ended up renewing both our kids' passports, and they came back in about a month or so, give or take, with the expedited service about four weeks. So um, you know, keep that in mind. I would always recommend getting expedited service. I think it's extra money. But uh, you just, yeah, it's it's peace of mind. Sometimes uh, paying a little bit extra is worth it. And I think in this situation, when it comes to passport renewal, that's definitely one of them. Now, something else to keep in mind are the airfare. And that's probably one of the biggest issues I think some people are having with booking these cruises. Not the, the cruise prices, I think, for the most part, have been fairly reasonable. The issue has been airfare, especially for those of us here in North America. For our, our UK friends who were able to sail from Southampton, you may or may not have this issue. It depends. But. At least your cruise ship is going out of your home country. Here, we're going to have to fly. And, you know, whether you're talking about Bermuda or Nassau or Cyprus, for that matter, flights are going to incur a charge, and they're not the cheapest flights on Earth. I was actually surprised by the the, the, the flight prices for Nassau. Like, Nassau, Bahamas is not that far away. We're not talking about flying to Barbados or flying to, you know, some other Caribbean country. It's a little further away. I mean, Nassau is less than an hour from Orlando. It's like a half hour from Fort Lauderdale. So I really thought the prices would be pretty darn cheap and they ended up not being the case. And this could be a combination of a couple of things. Number one, of course, the airlines have really rolled back their, their flights uh, compared to what they were pre pandemic that may change going forward. But you know, there's that number two, and this is, a, I booked my airfare very early on and that ended up being a mistake. I couldn't have known at the time, but Royal Caribbean is actually subsidizing some of its flights um, through their air to sea program. This is the program where you can book your flights through the cruise line. And this is something that I really had never done before. 
And now I wish I had done it because it would have saved me a little bit of money. So when you're booking airfare, or at least even before you're booking your cruise, look at airfare prices. That's a really important tip. You can obviously price out airfare on your usual sites, but also look at Royal Caribbean because there are many situations in which people are saving, you know, a hundred or more dollars per person by booking through air to sea. And the good news is if you're booked through, you can check the flight prices through air to sea without actually booking a cruise. You just Google Royal Caribbean air to sea. You'll find the booking website. And you can do a mock booking. You don't need to have, there's an option there if you don't have a reservation. So at least you can get an idea, a ballpark estimate of prices. Because obviously if you're booking this cruise, especially some of these summer cruises early on, you're basically making final payment immediately. So there's something to be to, to, to realize about that in terms of flights. Now, if you're talking about when to book your flight and of course hotel rooms, night before, day of, yes, Royal Caribbean is sailing later to give people more time. I still don't recommend coming in the same day of your cruise. I just, there aren't a lot of flights. It's not like this is flying to New York where there's, you know, six flights a day or something like that in most cities to get there in case a flight is canceled. But, you know, come in at least a day beforehand. At least, yes, if you're booking through the cruise line, you do get some benefit of, you know, them having your back in terms of being able to get you on the ship. But I, I just, I still think it's worthwhile to get there at least a day early. And of course, Talking dovetailing into that, of course, are hotels in Nassau. There's a lot of great hotels. The one that a lot of people seem to be leaning towards is the Baja Mar for a couple of reasons. It's a beautiful resort. Number two, it's close by to the port. Number three, it offers uh, on-site testing, which is also important if you're staying there after the cruise. Uh, it's just it, it's a good choice. Um, I'm actually booking at a different hotel personally for the for the pre-cruise hotel, but I'm strongly leaning towards the Baja Mar for after the cruise. But I will tell you this much, when it comes to booking any hotel, this is true, by the way, just you can apply this uh, to any year, it doesn't matter when, COVID or not, book refundable hotel fare. That's a big one. You know, hotel prices change like daily. I mean, it, it, it's incredible how often they change. So don't lock yourself into a price, even if it looks amazing rate, and it could be an amazing rate, there still could be a more amazing rate later on. So definitely book refundable there. And the other thing that you really want to be aware of are the travel visas. Um, some of these countries do have them, including the Bahamas. Basically, this is probably, I think, the biggest, after, I mean, I got the vaccines, I'm not worried about this, but the travel visa is an interesting issue that we're going to have to figure out, especially for us that are going on the first sailings. This is the only time in which I kind of wish I was going on a later sailing. Someone else could figure this out for me. But the the Baha basically, in order to get in the Bahamas, you need to get a negative test, regardless of the fact you're, you're vaccinated or not. The Bahamas requires that. So you have to get a test within five days, negative PCR test within five days of arrival. Um, and, and the issue there is twofold. Number one, it's a PCR test. PCR tests are not rapid tests. They're not the ones that you can get in a couple hours. In a lot of places, it can take days to get results. Best case scenario, you're probably getting your result in about 24 to 48 hours. But this is changing, by the way. I've seen some places starting to pop up that are offering more, even more rapid PCR tests, something along the lines of 24 hours. And certainly in cities, you might have ones that specialize for people that are travel. Ain't going to be cheap necessarily free, but there are options there. But you've got that aspect of it. And then, of course, you also make sure you test negative, which is kind of a concern as well. And then on top of that, you also have to provide all the paperwork. So the Bahamas website is pretty easy so far. You can actually, if you're booking through the Bahamas, I have not looked at this, by the way, for Bermuda or Cyprus, so I apologize. I'm sure there's equal things there. But at least with the Bahamas, you can go on the website. You can pre-register, put in everybody's information, basically get all the way up until you provide the negative tests. And then you can basically be ready for it rather than try to do everything at, at once. But... I would definitely have a plan in action for finding a travel uh, PCR test. 
Again, look around. There are a number of places that offer it. What you're looking for is the turnaround time. I would not go to anywhere that is not more than 48 hours. I think most places probably say, well, it's not going to go. You could take up to. But you really want to. For, I, I would think if you'd want to do it 48 hours and obviously you'd want to get that test done like on day five. Right. So that way, right at the beginning, give yourself the most amount of runway. And if all else fails, you know, what if that test comes back to you later? Something happens. You still have a little bit of time, wiggle room to get one more test done. You know, overall, for me, what I'm looking at is, you know, this is an opportunity to cruise again. And I think that if we were talking about this itinerary, these options, these hurdles in a different year, I might have said, yeah, I'm not that keen necessarily getting there or I'm at least going to wait it out a little bit more. But I really believe because it's been over a year without any cruises, I'm desperate. I really am. I think a lot of other people are desperate to get back on a cruise. We love it so much that for me, it is absolutely worthwhile. I understand some other people don't want to for a variety of reasons, whether it's cost or the logistics involved or what have you. Uh, that, that's totally fine as well. But if you're thinking about going on a cruise this summer, I think it's really important to be aware of some of these things you have to get done in time uh, and and then be able to obviously make sure you've got that all taken care of. Um, everything else that you're really talking about are pretty much mostly just specific cruise-related things that are they're universal, whether COVID or not, right? You know, in terms of doing your questionnaire, downloading a Royal Caribbean app, those are all little mini things. But the big things are probably what we just talked about here in this episode. And I think for some people, it's also going to be a wait and see. I think there's also that probably that third group that are saying, Maybe we'll wait to see, you know, what people like myself and others report back, what the experience is like. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's going to be a long season or not that long, but you've got time. Certainly, if you got to June and, you know, you get to mid-June, late June, you're still going to have at least two, three months in most of these ships to have uh, an opportunity to sail. And that's, of course, assuming that Royal Caribbean doesn't extend the cruise season even longer. And they very well could do that. So, you know, given the fact that these sailings are not yet sold out, You've got some options there as well. And one more thing and something else that maybe give you peace of mind as you're uh, moving forward here is I really like the idea, of course, with the Cruise of Confidence program, right? If you book the cruise today and then the something comes out later that changes your mind, whatever the case may be, you can't always cancel these cruises with the Cruise of Confidence program, at least if you book it while the program is still active or offered. So something else that kind of, again, you're not the flexibility provided means you're not, you know, locked in or you have to commit you know, 60, 70, 80 days ahead of time. And that's it. Like we were in the past, because if this were 2019, 2017, that would be the case. Um, it's, it's a little bit, you know, it, it's a little more manageable and it does give you that peace of mind, that comfort, if you will. So from that standpoint, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel better about it. And I'm also really excited to go on these cruises. Yes, of course, there'll be some different things on. It's not gonna be the same cruise experience I had on my last cruise in February of 2020. But at the same time, Nothing is like that anymore. I mean, I go to the I go to a restaurant here where I live. You go almost anywhere. There are changes. So I'm not going to sit back and let that stop me. Uh, but I have to also be very aware with eyes wide open in terms of what those changes are and be prepared. That's, of course, I think one of the big, big mantras of any good cruise, especially some of these summer sailings. Time to answer some listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where I open up the email inbox of emails you've sent me. We talk about uh, some of the answer some of the questions, or I try to answer some of the questions you've sent. If you want to send me an email, you can send it to Matt M A T T at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email is from Glenn Letteritz. I learned about you from the past Disney podcast. I was wondering which would you pick 
expenses paid for. Curtain number one, staying at all 12 Disney parks around the world, seven nights each, moderate accommodations, including on-site food. Curtain number two, Royal Caribbean cruises around the world based on where Royal Caribbean has sailed from in the past, Balcony Cabin. Both are bucket list in my life. Future Royal Caribbean cruise, Alaska cruise 2022. Thanks, Glenn, for the email. Hmm. Well, paid for is interesting. Wait, are these? Yeah, this is. If it's all paid for, I might I might choose Disney just because it's so much more expensive that if I'm not paying for it, it's a lot more enjoyable. Because I, the reason why I really stopped loving all things Disney World primarily is just the price it went absolutely ridiculous. It went from like, okay, you're paying a little bit more, a little bit of a premium because it's Disney. I get that. To like, are you kidding me? Like some of their policies and changes, it went big and small removing uh the you know extra magic hours making you pay for parking on site uh these are all just you know basically smacking in the face of loyal customers people who uh annual pass holders primarily they don't want my business glenn they want people who come in there once in a lifetime drop you know i don't know five figures and then never come back or come back you know with their kids in another decade or so like that's where they really want it uh anyway it's a discussion for another day so that being said, if I ain't paying for it, sure, I'll go to Disney and then I can enjoy that without having to worry that I didn't pay for it. Glenn paid for it. So we're all good. So <laughs> thanks, Glenn, for the email. Next email is from uh, Carlos Ribeiro, who writes, Hey, Matt, just listen to your latest podcast on the way home tonight from work, and you were mentioning craft beer on a cruise ship. Well, I know you're a loyal Royal Caribbean, but just an FYI, I've been on Carnival Vista, and they have a brewery on board, and they brew three or four craft beers on the ship. Plus, they also have four more canned beers for Carnival that are only available on select Royal Caribbean or Carnival ships, rather. Just some food for thought. The brewery is also on Carnival Horizon and Carnival Panorama. And interestingly enough, they're all located in Guy Fieri's barbecue restaurants. Carlos, thanks. That's a great point. And I'm the first to admit, by the way, thanks for the email. Uh, I'm the first to admit, Royal Caribbean is not the, doesn't have like, they don't do everything better than everybody else, but overall, I prefer it. Do I, would I, do I absolutely love craft beer? Would I love more variety? Heck yeah. Am I jealous that Carnival has these options you just described? Heck yeah. Am I going to be booking a Carnival cruise because of it? Heck no. It's not. The craft beer selection is pretty low on my ranking of like priorities, things I care about. I can enjoy the cruise without craft beer or a very limited menu of craft beers. That doesn't bother me. So, but that's just me. But you're absolutely right. That's a feather in the hat for Carnival and kudos to them. I hope that at the very least, Royal Caribbean follows suit. You know, one of the things we've noticed in the industry is whenever one cruise line comes with a really good idea, the others kind of follow suit. And chief among them, you got the uh, Norwegians, you know, freestyle dining. And then after that happened, well, all the other cruise lines are heading their option, their rendition of that. So you never know. You never know. Uh, next up in the email, we've got an email from Linda Stevens. This is a uh, great content recently. It's a really good mix of video content. Love the Royal Caribbean video highlights while you're sharing information and audio content. Love the balance of information and stories from past guests. Today, I'm writing to follow up on my last email to you. I was so excited about the new itinerary from Barbados, and now, not so much. What changed? I knew the airfare would be more expensive. I thought it would be in the hundreds more expensive. I didn't anticipate it'd be in the thousands more expensive. We live in California for Caribbean itinerary, so we're accustomed to saving for expensive airfare and night before the hotel, etc. And we pulled the trigger on the Grandeur Sailing because it was such a great price. We hoped that the lower price on the smaller ship with the great itinerary would make up for the increase in airfare. Our plan was to fly to Miami using American airline miles, stay the night, then fly to Barbados to Royal Caribbean and pay for that flight on the final payment date. As of today, that non-stop flight from Miami to Barbados is $1,036 round trip for two. 
That's just too much. That's so much higher than we anticipated. Are we fools? Don't answer that. Are we missing something? Linda, thanks for the email. You're not fools. You're not missing something. This is unfortunately, I talked about this earlier in the episode. You know, if you're flying to major destinations with a ton of flights, then you have a ton of competition and that drives prices down. But you got two issues. One is Barbados is not a major destination in terms of, in the grand scheme of flights, I should say. And number two, the airlines have scaled back their operations, at least pre-pandemic or during the pandemic, I should say, to, so there's not as many options there. So less supply, more demand. You get how that works, right? I mean, here's what I would tell you, Linda, and I don't know, I don't think you've canceled it. I think you're still thinking about canceling it. But uh, I would say, number one, you know, if you have it still booked, and I don't think final payment for that grandeur cruise should be coming until maybe the fall, right? I'd hold on to at least fall. Keep checking prices. You know, one thing I've noticed, and this is just, again, I'm not an airline expert. I don't follow all these things very, very closely. But I have seen a lot of information about airlines starting to see, you know, pre-pandemic levels in their flights uh, or demand for their flights, I should say. So perhaps they'll add more there. Prices can change. And Royal Caribbean may add more options as well as part of Air to Sea. So also look at Air to Sea, Linda, if you haven't done that as well yet. But I would at least monitor until at least final payment date. You got nothing to lose at that point, right? Once you get the final payment date and then you got to make a decision, well, you got a couple of choices. You could obviously make final payment, you could cancel, or you make final payment, but under the cruise confidence, you can always cancel later on and get a future cruise credit if you decide, you know what, it's not going to happen for you. I'm also booked on Grandeur of the Seas, the first sailing in December. I booked that cruise because, gosh darn it, I wanted to have a cruise this year, right? And at the time, when Royal Caribbean announced it, it was really the only definite option or near definite option on the on the table. So that's why I booked it. Now, if cruises, if and when cruises do resume here in the U.S. or there's other options there, listen, I, I it's not cheap for me either to fly even from Florida down there. And if, let's say, hypothetically, you know, grandeur of the seas is still sailing out of Barbados and you got adventure of the seas out of Nassau for the winter, uh, that'd be a tough call because it's a lot cheaper for me to fly to, to Nassau, though I would like to get a little more variety. I think some people would enjoy that from a blog standpoint. But, you know, I would say this, especially with cruises potentially restarting the U.S., I'm not so sure. So what I'm doing, Linda, is I'm following my own advice here and I'm telling you, number one, I'm going to wait until... Uh, final payment date at the very least. And number two, I'll probably still make final payment, but then I will almost certainly, you know, weigh things and potentially cancel under the cruise's confidence if things change significantly enough that I don't feel the need to go down to Barbados for it. So uh, you're not fools. I don't think that's actually, I think you follow the exact same logic a lot of people did. You booked at the time, made perfect sense. Things changed. That's one of the things, mantras we talked about earlier. And I think, um, I, I think uh, you're 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 not making a mistake. I think you're looking at this very logically. I think you're making the best choice you got right now. So you have a little bit of time. That's the good thing. Unlike Adventure or some of these summer sailings where you're already past final payment, you still have choices over there. So hopefully, Linda, you find something that works out for you. And no, you shouldn't be afraid to cancel. Our next email is from Dennis from St. Louis, Missouri. He says, hey, Matt, I have a couple of questions on episode 397. Number one, refundable cruise fare. Is this only available to the travel agent? It is not, uh, Dennis. It's available to anybody. Uh, unless you live in certain countries like the UK, I think you can't get it. But in the US, you, well, you live in St. Louis, so never mind. I should have been. As I just said, Dennis from St. Louis. Yes, it's available to everybody. There are some categories that are it's not available for. Suites and guarantee rooms are one of them. So keep that in mind. Number two, cabins for more than four guests. This is another reason to use a travel agent. MEI Travel was able to get us a family suite of five, for five people on Explorer the Seas a few years ago. And I agree on that point about a travel agent just, again, it's collective knowledge, being able to help you see things. Also, some room categories are not available on the website. So another reason to use a very good travel agent, it really makes your life a little bit easier on that 
So uh, I'm really glad to hear that our sponsor, full disclosure, MEI Travel is a sponsor, was able to help you out there, Dennis. And lastly, Dennis writes, number three, ask nicely. There was a leak in a utility room next to our cabinet and it leaked into ours. I mentioned it to our hostess and they addressed it quickly. As a bonus, we got a 20% future cruise credit as a comp as a compensation. We had a cruise scheduled for Thanksgiving this year, then Royal Caribbean sold Majesty of the Seas. We're currently booked on Disney Cruise Line for a Key West Thanksgiving cruise. Curious to see if that happens. Thanks for everything you do. Well, Dennis, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, first of all, thanks to the podcast. And I'm glad to hear that you, speaking up is something that you mentioned and asking nicely. Absolutely. Listen, there could be a shark in your room, right? That came overboard. I don't know why that did the cruise line itself, but basically, you know, be nice. Be like, listen, I understand this is not anticipated, but you know, what, what can we do here? Because obviously, this is not good. If you if you ask nicely, you're courteous. They're definitely going to want to work with you. So keep that in mind. And our last email this week is from Ian, who writes, "Hi Matt, I've been listening to your podcast since late December, maybe early January. I wanted to share with you something, and I hate to be a bummer. So if you want to hit delete, it, do it now." Me and my wife uh, were set to get married on August 23rd, 2020, and some crazy stuff happened. My mom passed away the morning of the wedding day. She introduced me to cruising in 2010, and she had no other way that she wanted a vacation. I was lucky enough to go on three cruises with her, but due to a myriad of things, I kept going on cruises since then, and she was unable to. We both always dreamed of the day we would be able to go on another cruise together, but everything that's going on with COVID, I just wanted you to know that finding your podcast and listening to it from episode one has been the weird therapy I didn't know I needed. Um, my Now my wife and I have been on three cruises with me and understands my passion. Although my mother is gone, every cruise that I go on going forward, it will feel some cathartic experience that my mother is with me. I've been pitching cruises to my friends for years, but I don't seem to be able to get over the hump or why they're so great. Prior to COVID, me and my now wife cruise over Thanksgiving every year. 2016, 2018, 2019. I look forward to attending a group cruise as her only complaint has been on... I can only be on for the whole week and she doesn't want to let me down when she's not interested in certain activities. She thinks a group cruise could help us both out, not to be too dramatic, but I think finding your podcast saved my life. I enjoy what you do. Have a great weekend. Wow, Ian, first of all, I'm so sorry for your loss, but I'm really glad to hear that cruising is proving to be a bit of a therapy for you. I, I think the podcast is just, uh, I appreciate the very, very kind words, of course, but I think it's really the heart of it is cruising, right? And it reminds me of a cruise story we had very early on with John Bamber, who is a good friend of mine. And John talked about his uh, cruise story was going back to, I believe it was Bermuda. He went on a cruise basically to retrace the steps that he had with his mom. Similar scenario there. And he found that very therapeutic. And it sounds like, again, just like John, Ian, you're ha that being able to get back on a cruise is something that reminds you of her. It helps you know bring back that memory and, and uh, light it up a little bit more. Uh, that's amazing to me. And then there are th those little things. We've all lost family members over the years, right? And there are always little things. Maybe it's a favorite, favorite restaurant, a favorite joke, a uh, TV show, or in this case, a form of travel that really gets you. It, it kind of reminds you of that person because they're so synonymous in your brain with that. And I absolutely love that. I hope Ian, we're able to cruise together on the, whether it's the Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise on Harmony of the Seas over Thanksgiving 2021 or another sailing. I hope, brother, you're able to get back on a ship very, very soon, and you're able to do exactly what you and your mom love to do, which is go on a cruise there. And every cruise you go on, I hope you have a, you know, that that moment where you can think to yourself, you know, this is what mom would have wanted, and you know, maybe bring a tear to your eye, but at the same time, it's what she would have wanted, uh, you know, you to do. Obviously, be happy, celebrate what you're doing in terms of the thing that you both love doing. So that's a great way, not only as a tribute to her, but also obviously a great family vacation. And the fact that your wife also being supportive of it. I mean, I love hearing that. So thank you, Ian. Great email to end this on. Thank you to everybody 
for joining me here on this week's episode. If you have an email you'd like to share uh, for me to read here on the podcast, you can send it to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. This has been Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.